Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce a crew, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, yes, we have. He's back. <laughs> the people love you, Travis. Major Travis Yates retired from Tulsa Police Department, and he's at TravisYates.org. And she is back. Actually, the chemistry between uh, Sergeant uh, Betsy Brantner-Smith and Major Travis Yates was pretty good last show. I can only I can only wait to see what happens today. I, I predict it's going to be magical. And uh, so, yeah, Sergeant Betsy uh, Brantner-Smith. Now, um, she's with NationalPolice.org. Our main story is going to be coming from them. Betsy's going to give us the inside scoop on what's going on. And then we kind of have Cupid, you know, that's uh, Sergeant Joe Rollerson, you know, yeah, yeah. See, Travis knows where the point, so, uh, and, and there's no website to give you uh, for, for Sergeant Joe Rollerson, but we call him Hollywood, Hollywood Joe. There's a reason for that. We might have time to get into it today. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. we got a great lineup. Hey, also, a shout-out to our sponsors. And, guys, please support our sponsors to bring this quality content to you. We have Galls at Galls.com slash Leo, AUFire.com, a very cool new product that's on the market. Gunlearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, a shout-out to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com. Thank you for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich with RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming to eight locations right now. Three of those are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media. They've got about a million followers alone just on those three Facebook pages. Um, I've got some deals in the works with some other outlets that we're going to be streaming to, so stay tuned for those major announcements. But uh, thanks to all these entities for helping make this happen. Uh, as I said earlier, guys, we have a great lineup. So, look, let's go ahead and start and uh, and see what happens. So, this very first one is lawofficer.com. The National Police Association, which is who Sergeant Betsy's with, they, they're urging Congress to pass the Improving Law Enforcement Officer Safety and Wellness Through Data Act. So, we're in Indianapolis now for this article. So, this act, and I'm going to say it again, the Improving Law Enforcement Officer Safety and Wellness Through Data Act. and it's a, a Senate Bill 3522. It would expand on how the federal government reports attacks on law enforcement officers. Now, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Hey, aren't we already doing that? Well, we are, but it's just not enough data. So listen to this. So the bill is being reintroduced by Senator Chuck Grassley. We all know uh, Senator Chuck Grassley in the U.S. Senate, and it's being co-sponsored by Senator uh, Ben Lu Luan, I guess, and Senator Thomas Tillis and Senator Margaret Hassan and Senator Bill Cassie. So we got a bunch of guys involved with this. The federal government currently collects basic information on these attacks via the Law Enforcement Officers Killed and Assaulted, or LEOKA, database. So this data points, um, they include whether an officer was killed accidentally or whether it was unlawfully, uh, when the attack occurred, what type of weapon was used, and whether the officer uh, just sustained injuries. And to better understand the factors involved in the rise of violence, uh, including ambush-style attacks being perpetrated on police officers, there's a a need for a wider breadth of data. And so that that's what this bill is trying to accomplish, and they're um, going to provide this by expanding on the information already provided in the LEOKA. So if an act that the attorney general would be required to present a report to the judiciary committees of both congressional chambers, wow, so that's pretty important. The report would also include critical data on the number of offenders who target law enforcement due to anti-police sentiment. Wow. It would incorporate an analysis of how federal, state, and local government agencies respond on the attacks, how well they prepare their officers to prevent attacks and respond to them. So it sounds like maybe there's a training component, right? 
Other essential data points would include effectiveness and limitations of federal uh, bulletproof best partnerships and an examination of gaps in current data reporting, a study of legislative tools that may help in deterring ambush attacks. Wow, it's pretty encompassing. Lastly, the report would better identify how frequent and severe attacks impact officers' mental health. I'm sure Randy, uh, Randy Sutton was excited for this edition. It would also study the types of mental health services currently available and identify potential new services. All right, wow. Betsy, give us the inside scoop on this and, uh, and, and tell us what we're missing. Well, every cop out there knows what Leoka is, right? And we always have to wait until June or July of the following year to get those Leoka stats out. Law enforcement officers uh, killed and assaulted summary. What this uh, act is going to do, the Improving Law Enforcement Officers Safety and Wellness Act, is going to expand the data collection so that we can take that data and we can utilize it for prevention, for training, for officer wellness. In other words, what happens to a police officer after they are involved in some sort of assault or deadly force incident? And, you know, here's the thing. What I really like about this the most is that the attorney general is going to be required to take all that data and present it to both judiciary committees on both in both chambers. So in other words, because here's what happens very often this, we hear so much about, Oh, law enforcement officers, they're, you know, running around murdering unarmed black men every single day in this country. What this is going to do is to prevent is, is going to present the information of law enforcement officers killed and assaulted who's doing it, how they're doing it, by what method, shooting, stabbing, running them over, this and that. And even what's happening when it comes to accidental deaths, when it comes to heart attack deaths, this is going to get it before our legislators. And that is one of the things that the National Police Association is so good at is getting policy information out there. To And we have got now a new legislative director, uh, Paula Fitzsimmons out of Wisconsin, who's amazing. She's putting a lot of this data forth. Data is the key to preventing law enforcement officer deaths and attacks, we believe. Wow. Travis, take it. I can tell you're just chomping at the bit. Well, I think what uh, Betsy and the association is doing is incredible and it's long overdue. Uh, you know, if there's an airplane crash chip, I mean, we see hundreds of pages of reports and what happened and what's if truck in truck driving collisions. And I mean, we, we, we provide so much data in an effort that we shouldn't be repeating this. And in law enforcement, we literally rely on Leoka, which is fine. It's not very detailed. It's hard to extract a lot of information from it. It's written very generically. Uh, and, and a meme from the FOP saying how many officers are shot. Right. So that's really what we had to go by. And I've been looking at this data from various sources for 20 years, just as Betsy has. And I can tell you, you have to go about 20 different places and cobble it all together and then use your expertise to figure out how we can prevent this in the future. It would certainly be nice if we had this. Now, will the federal government do it? Man, they're not successful at doing much of anything very good. You know, the DOJ has got a ton of mandatory reports that they fail to do often. Look at the disaster of NIBRS and 
and all the other things that's going on and the, the national victimization survey, I don't think it's been done in years. I mean, I, they've kind of avoided that. And then all of a sudden we're relying on the FOP and organizations and the Washington Post to tell us about police shootings. No, we need this. We're long overdue this. Thank goodness this organization is taking this on. And I got to get back to where are the other organizations? All of law enforcement talks about Oh, this acronym and oh, that acronym and oh, the F this and oh, the IA this and all of this stuff. And we're for you. Where are they? Because this is something we've needed for years. And thank goodness this independent nonprofit has taken it on themselves to do this. And it just shows you the power of what one group can do. And Betsy's right. Paula Fitzsimmons is a is a golden diamond in a rough, right? I mean, grab onto her in a non-sexual way and use her for all you want. Well, you well, you said a, a uh, independent nonprofit. So, Betsy, you've got to tell us if people like what you're doing, and hopefully they do, because I can't imagine another profession like what we do where they simply would not see the need to collect this debt. I can't believe we haven't been doing this. And and like Travis said, it's sad that you guys have to be the ones to kind of spur the effort to get this thing done. How can people get involved? How can they be part of this? How can they sleep better at night knowing that they had a hand in making this happen? Go to nationalpolice.org, nationalpolice.org. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And we are a charity. We we don't get, we are not, you know, we're not taking grants. We actually give grants. We buy body armor for your canine. We help you start explorer programs. And, uh, but we have a whole policy arm. We have a team of attorneys. Remember, we're still fighting to get the Nashville Covenant School Shooters manifesto released. And we do, we get involved in all kinds of cases like that. So go to nationalpolice.org, sign up for our newsletter so you can read articles by Steve Pomper, Paula Fitzsimmons, and more. And uh, uh, donate if you can. We've got monthly donations, annual donations, and one-time donations. We do a lot of good work at the National Police Association. No, no doubt. No doubt. So, uh, so guys, don't forget that name. Nationalpolice.org is where you need to go. And, and Hey, they're doing, they're doing God's work in helping make our lives better and safer. And they're behind the scenes. They're not seeking glory on this, but you know, you cannot watch the news and be involved in law enforcement and watch trend setting going on and not be aware of national of the national police association because they're, they're the guys that are getting it done. For us, so uh, so yeah, I, I highly recommend that, that that everybody gets involved with them. Travis, what am I leaving out? Well, here's why you know why nationalpolice.org is over the target. They have their detractors, people in the media that don't like them, politicians that don't like them. I was just contacted a few weeks ago by, I won't name him, but it was a, one of these trusted news sources, you know, maybe with the word guard in it. And they said, we're going to downgrade your website because you mention the National Police Association. And they wow. went on to this tirade. Well, that's why they don't like him. Of course, I said, I'm doubling down, putting three times the articles on. Thanks. Thanks uh, a lot. Now uh, I know they're right. But you know when they're getting attacked by a few people, not many, that they're over the target. And we need them more than ever because they're about transparency. Very few people are. That's why we need to help them out. Yeah, wow. thank you. Know, thank you so much for that, Travis, because that's the thing. There's so many police organizations out there and media organizations um, who don't put out the good information that should be out there. You know, USA Today had an article now uh, today 
quoting uh, Chuck Wexler. Gotta, I think we ought to talk about that after the commercial. We'll be right back, Benji. Commercial break. We'll see you guys in a second. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the new goals at goals.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And hey, they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as one of our panelists always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new goals lately, please go to goals.com slash Leo and check them out. Now, look, goals has got everything for almost everybody, right? Except for guns and ammo, right? So, hey, if you've got a family, friend or loved one involved, not just in law enforcement, but hey, we have our hose dragger, you know, buddies that are firefighters and we have military Hey, they've got it for everybody. So go to goals.com slash Leo. They got gift cards. Take care of your family, friends, and loved ones in their uniform program that they have is second to none. Even my former agency, Tampa Police Department, they got rid of the old two old companies. They have the Goals office on the second floor lobby, the police station that's absolutely killing it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Go to goals.com slash Leo. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Betsy, you're right in the middle of it when we had to go to the commercial break. So uh, unmute that microphone and go ahead and, uh, and, uh, and continue on, please. So I, I just have to let everybody know, USA Today came out with a, an article uh, about how uh, police officers are getting shot because uh, it's mostly our fault. And, uh, you know, they, they quote uh, mapping police violence, this and that. You know, 2023 was the deadliest year for people getting shot by police. That's, that's the point of their article. But I've got to tell you, because this goes to what Travis was talking about before the break, police organizations, there's so many police organizations, they, they say they're pro-law enforcement, but uh, they're really not. And again, this is what Travis teaches, real leadership, you know, courageous leadership. There is uh, an organization called the Police Executive Research Forum, and, uh, and they, their uh, leader talks about how if only we had better de-escalation training, cops wouldn't get shot at so much. So somehow it's our fault. I find that infuriating. And every law enforcement officer, retired law enforcement officer, and pro-police citizen listening to that should be enraged by that as well. Thanks, Betsy. Travis, close us out on this, and I, and then we've got a question I need you to answer for somebody, Travis. Yeah, you know, this is part of the problem in this profession. We're listening to organizations and people that don't have our best interest in mind, and we, we, we've, we've incorporated more de-escalation skills in the last five years. We've done we've defunded police. We've done every social experiment we've been told by groups like Betsy mentioned, and now they're complaining that shootings are, all t- are high in 2023. I wonder why. Because we did what you said before, and it it clearly doesn't work. And so, uh, but it's really our own fault. We are listening to these folks for, and then we're just doing what they say. There's not a profession, Chip, that loves pledges and virtue signaling and look at me type stuff than law enforcement. You can go that route and keep going down the road we're going, or we can get to work and fix this problem. And that may not involve some of those four little curse words that Betsy just mentioned. (laughs) <laughs> okay hey so i'm just gonna say it again it's on the screen but for audio listeners podcast radio nationalpolice.org easy name to remember check you need you need to check it out um so look you know during the show look we've got news items that we have to cover we've got um, roughly about nine stories that we tried to cover and i you know what i just remembered that i really didn't go over them before we started the show but i do have a question from a streamer and i just thought that we'd uh we just would you know mention that real quick here so it's uh, it's Hector, and uh, Hector is asking why good officers don't detach themselves 
from one bad officer and why they don't gather and protest, raise their voice when a bad officer is, is, is caught, I guess, doing something wrong. So, Hector, I, I suspect that you're from another country just because of just reading the post and stuff. Um, so let me, I, and I don't know what news source you watch. And, and of course, guys, feel free to, to weigh in. My take on this is that, number one, it's, uh, it's very rare that you have um, an officer that is bad to the level to where action like what you're talking about would even be warranted. And I, and I, as far as protesting and stuff, that's just not American, you know, that's just not American police. You know, we don't get blue flus. Um, you know, the, we're, we're hired, you know, to protect the, the public. That's our job. I don't believe in things like the blue flu and stuff, but whenever you have a rare officer, most of the time we take care of it ourselves and we, we, the officer gets weeded out. The system for the most part works here, you know, in America and bad cops. And I, when I say bad, maybe guys that are just above there, they just don't have the mental capacity. Maybe they handle the job. They make stupid mistakes or, you know, their firearm you know, training sucks or their defensive tactics sucks. And, and then on the, on the, on the very, on the very rare occasion, you get a cop that maybe has to be put in prison or something, but it's usually a cop that will complain or, or turn them in why that ends up happening someone with law enforcement. So I don't know if you're under the, what news sources you watch, or if you're under the illusion that this doesn't happen, uh, protesting and stuff, there's really no need for that because the system for the most part, in my opinion, actually, you know, works. So, um, am I, am I wrong on any of that? I know Travis, your mic's open and Betsy, go ahead. So I'm sure that Joe, Travis, and I have all been involved in disciplinary action with a police officer. You know, I, I, have, I have had cops arrested. Um, and, uh, you know, here's the saying. What do we all say, you guys? Nobody hates a, good, a bad cop more than a good cop. We, you know, that, that whole thing of, oh, police unions are there to protect bad cops and this, that. Nobody likes working with bad cops. We want to get rid of them. They do nothing for our profession and nothing for our community. But but what our streamer uh, was talking about is some again one of those lies out there um, that that says, "Oh, you know, we're trying to protect bad cops." Uh, no. Yeah, I agree with Betsy. Um, I don't know of any other profession that investigates itself more than law enforcement. Probably we have we have so many levels that the disciplinary process goes through to investigate. And then if that fails, the federal government will actually come in and investigate it. And it's all over the news, but we have internal affairs. We have a whole array of people assigned strictly to investigate behavior. And anyone on the street can come in and make any type of complaint against a police officer and it's investigated. And like Betsy said, all of us has been in that situation or known people in our profession. And I, I had a couple of guys that worked for me that, uh, uh, that I, uh, had terminated, uh, and because of their bad behavior. So we, Joe, we supervise Joe, our own people. A, you promised you weren't going to bring that up, Joe, when we were on the show together too. Well, Chip, you know, thank God I did look where you're at. To, no, no, I'm just, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, like Betsy said, we, we investigate our own and we're scrutinized, but yet the news media, will come out and just make it look 10 times worse that, oh my God, the whole profession, because when you have one person that does something wrong, they label the whole profession as bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, Chip, you know, Hector, I'm sure means well, but he's, he's simply repeating something he's heard over and over again. And it's almost like the question elicits that there were wrong in the first place, right? It's like asking somebody, you know, have you beat your wife lately? That's really a horrible question. But you see these type of questions a lot of times with no actual facts behind it. It's just, uh, it's sort of a myth. And, and both Joe and Betsy are completely correct. There's no other profession that is monitored, viewed, accounted for than law enforcement from the citizen contact to the body camera footage to everyone else's cell phone footage to up the chain of command that's why systematic racism is a joke a system of racism with all these folks involved that have to be in on it from the 911 caller to the chief to everybody in between it's hilarious but i'm sure you meant well but uh yeah the truth is if you have more than one person around doing bad stuff they're both bad cops no good cop wants to be around a bad right. cop so it's just right. the way it is. Thanks, Travis. Guys, time for our second commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You know, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability from getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, it's reasonable suspicion deep dive. Wow. Sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. All right, guys. So now, AUFire at AUFire.com. You know, it's the gold standard to tackle simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFire's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills. So go to aufire.com, check out the cool videos, learn about this amazing product, aufire.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually, so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So yes, you know, being live radio, we work off of a radio clock, which I have over my right shoulder that you guys could probably see in the background. So yeah, everything is time to the second. But music, people may not realize that intro and outro music, you know, intro at the beginning and outro at the end, fades the show in and out. It helps everything line up perfectly for radio so we can get everything down to the exact second. This goes out to we're live on seven radio stations and the and the rest of the just shy of 40 stations across the country get it delayed. But everything's got to match up perfectly on the on the radio clock. So not a uh, I, so this is the, my cheat sheet right here, my cheat clock. It's mostly for the uh, for the people on the show. But these guys are nailing it, you know. So I uh, I have a little uh, I have another one right in front of me. So it's kind of cool. It's uh, there's a lot going on over here. And then producer Jimmy, you know, we keep him busy too. He's like he's burning at both ends. I won't tell you which end he's burning more at though. I don't think he'd appreciate that. Uh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. All right. <laughs> So look, um, I if we exhausted the last topics, you know, um, then what I will do is I will go ahead and uh, and just whet your appetite on what we're getting ready to talk about. So we've got an update article um, that we're going to get to. North Carolina police chief fired after soliciting nude photos of a subordinate's wife, among other uh, reasons. Um, we're going to cover that next because Betsy did a private chat message to me, and it's going to tie in what we've been talking about. So Betsy, we will cover that next, and then. 
assuming we have time for the other stuff, um, in, uh, in California, we have a deputy stops, um, I guess, uh, California deputy stops by a convenience store and he foils a robbery. But when he, when he parks his, in the parking spot right in front of the doors during the robbery going down, he backs into the parking spot. I watched that go down. We'll talk about that. Then we have uh, another story uh, where we've got a police department's deadly use, deadly use of force incident that we're going to be talking about. An ex-California deputy convicted of staging and on-duty shooting of himself. Yeah, there's some good stuff that we've got coming down the pike. So, look, let's, uh, let's jump into this uh, North Carolina one here and, and just see where it takes us. So, um, yeah, North Carolina police chief fired after soliciting nude photos of a subordinate's wife, among other reasons. So, we're in Mars Hill North Carolina. Not sure where that is. I'm sure someone on the show can tell me, but Chief John Clark, he is the former chief of the Mars Hill Police Department. Notice I said former. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Uh, he's originally suspended without pay uh, back in September of 2023. So a few months ago, uh, before being terminated later in October for multiple allegations of misconduct, including soliciting nude photos from the wife of a subordinate, according to reports. Now, just because everybody's wondering, uh, the woman did not submit the nude photos to the chief. And I believe that her husband, who filed a complaint, is actually took over the chief job, if I'm not mistaken. But Clark, or the chief that got jammed up and fired, had been with the small agency since 2016. He spent two years in the position of police chief. And when the allegations of misconduct became known last year, the town hired U.S. Investigative Security Services that's based in Huntsville to do the investigation, according to Citizen Times. Now, this investigate this uh, investigative agency um, or, or company, I should say, it's a third party investigation. They sustained multiple allegations of misconduct, including soliciting the nude photographs from the wife of a subordinate, mishandling firearms in the office, insubordination, and misuse of a town issued car, according to Clark's termination letter that was obtained by the News Record and Sentinel. Um, there's a lot more to the story that I'm just not going to go into because I can't wait to. Frankly, I can't wait to hear what Sergeant Betsy has to say about this. So without any further ado, Sergeant Betsy, the floor is yours. Whew. So what were we just talking about? Nobody hates a bad cop more than good cops. Yeah. This is, a, you know, Mars Hill is a town of 1900. It's kind of a suburb of uh, Asheville. And uh, and so do you, this up or do, you, do you just know this? I just know this. Wow. I travel a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and. And, you know, so here's the thing. They've got this police chief who's engaged in bad behavior, you know, lots of bad behavior. And uh, so what did they do? Because they're such a small city, they hired an outside uh, an outside firm to properly investigate the chief. Now, I want everybody to remember that most police departments in this country are small police departments. You know, we always think of Chicago PD, NYPD, LAPD, but most police departments are small police departments. And so this chief, you know, is a is a working chief, um, but he obviously doesn't have the ethics to be a police officer. He, uh, you know, you know, misusing a car, misusing firearms, all of that. And uh, and the, so, of course, the last part of the story is a salacious, the soliciting nude photos from a subordinate's wife. Now. Is that illegal? I don't know. We maybe we should ask uh, uh, Travis if if you need to have policy about that when you are a police leader. <laughs> but uh, but it's bad behavior, and obviously, if this guy's doing all this stuff, he's really not thinking about the safety of his community. So sounds like he's out again. Good decision by the city 
good decision by the investigators. And, uh, and I'm sure they're going to bring in somebody much better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I agree with Betsy about this. We just talked about bad cops and investigating it. And, and I applaud them for bringing an outside agency in or, or a company to come in and do their own independent investigation. Because like you said, it's probably got six or seven police officers because the guy who took over his job was a captain and they just moved him into that position. Um, what I'm, what I really love about this whole thing uh, is when you read the article even further, this ex chief takes a job as a school resource officer in another community. Wait, wait a minute. The guy's soliciting nude photos of a woman, but now he's going to take a job working in a high school or in a, in a school with young children. Uh, what's he doing there? I don't get this. So uh, I was a little, little concerned about where he was at and why he was in the school working as a school resource officer around young, young girls. And boys. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Chip, I know. Think, Chip, you would think of that. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know no, I'm not that there's anything wrong with that. Joe okay. can't quit talking about this. Joe, man, I'm just going to say something very brief. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what goes. I, I know I'm a little on the older scale on this little cell phone camera pick thing. How do you ask that? Because to me, that's a pretty risky move, right? Like you just flat out, I mean, I guess if you text a thousand people, you'll get one response. I don't know, Chip, you may know that, but that's a pretty bold uh, request. And I think where this uh, former police chief screwed up is, is he thought he was the fire chief because the fire chief can get away with that. You know, that's just on their daily occurrence. Uh, and he just got confused. I would assume that would have been my defense. Oh, I, I almost spit my coffee just about came out of my nose there. Thanks, Travis. Holy oh, cow. You're going to spray the screen, <laughs> Betsy. Wow. That was pretty good. Wow. All right. All right. Well, yeah, you never know what's going to come out of the mouths of uh, the panelists. So, yeah, Travis did not disappoint. So, uh, wow. Wow. Our fire. Yeah. And we love, we, God bless our firefighter. You know, Brett, Brett, Travis is shaking his head. He's doing it in jest. I assure you. God does not love anybody that's hitting a golf ball at work. He uh, doesn't. Or playing PlayStation. He doesn't love those people. He may forgive those people, but I'm thinking he doesn't love them. But now, they, listen, Travis, somebody needs to make the chili, okay? Somebody needs to do that. They can cook. So God bless them for doing yeah. that. It, it does take 17 hours to uh, smoke a uh, brisket. So I guess there is some good in their 24-hour shifts. Yeah, you know, get, where, do you, where do you go from here? Well, look. Let's jump, let's jump into something with a video component. I mean, come on, we, we need that now. So, look, we've got roughly two and a half minutes before our last commercial break. And, and look, the stories have a video component. We're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Obviously, we've got a lot of audio listeners on podcast and, and radio. So, look, we'll describe in great detail. If you still have to see that video component, you know, the show is live Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock on Eastern Time. But we take the live show and we embed videos that we talk about in it. We put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And we put that special version of it up the very next morning at 9 o'clock on a Rumble channel Tuesday through Saturday. It makes for a very interesting way to watch the show. So if you absolutely have to see a video and, and you just have to see it, you always have that option the next day at 9 o'clock on a Rumble channel. So on Police One, we have a California deputy stops by a convenience store and he pulls a robbery. Of the surveillance video, you can see the suspects walk into the store and immediately jump the counter in an attempt to rob the cash register. Three people entered from the front and one from the side door, according to the clerk on duty. 
Less than 30 seconds later, a cop cruiser unknowingly backs into a parking spot right outside. The deputy walks in, realizes there's a robbery in progress, pulls out his weapon and calls for backup. From a different angle, you can see a group of deputies show up. One suspect has their hands up. Deputies end up arresting four people involved. Early this morning, a 7-Eleven in Chinatown was also targeted. Then overnight, Thursday into Friday, five... It is somewhat humorous. Um, that he back into the parking spot when he got there. He was probably uh, a, a former firefighter, Travis is what I'm thinking, that that switched over and became a, a law enforcement officer, maybe. I know, I know. I just thought I would say that before you threw that out there. But so we're, well, look, here's another explanation of why that might happen. He's, we're in Los Angeles. So we're in California. That might explain it better. But so a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office deputy, he stops by a convenience store in Carson early on Saturday morning to grab a drink, only to discover that it's being robbed. Now, they don't put it in there, but I put it in my notes, backed into the parking spot. Everybody's done watching this go down. He quickly draws his gun upon entry and realizing what's going on. He calls for backup, and four suspects are taken into custody. And it goes on to say that as soon as he opens the door, the, the door to the store, he immediately notices that there's people on the other side in the cashier area that are ransacking. Uh, the name of the deputy involved was being withheld because the investigation is ongoing and he might take a job back with the fire department. But the incident occurred at 12.30 a.m. on Saturday at the 7-Eleven in Carson. A video obtained by KTLA-TV shows people jumping over the counter at the store, and it's unclear if they were armed. All right, wow. Um, commentary on this. We got 15 seconds before we have to take a commercial break. Betsy. Everybody go uh, find J.D. Buck Savage. This is called Stop and Rob. This is right out of the Buck Savage playbook, but we're thankful that uh, our cop is okay. Uh, you know, you're right. Boy, I've seen his, his his skits, and yeah, he would have a field day with this one. Commercial break, we'll be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's the knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company they offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to assure accuracy, and their training is approved by major physical organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios. You know, during the commercial break, there's a commercial, you know, they're talking about wearing a small remote-controlled device, and I'm just watching the panelists' faces. And sure enough, Travis starts cracking up. So I think he's thinking, you know, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I know what cops think about. So you hear stuff like that. But but then I see a post from Motor Cop Chronicles podcast. So I think this is what Travis saw, because he was saying that they're not releasing the cop's name on the last story because they're investigating him for disturbing the people, the homeless people, basically, that were foraging for food and smokes when the guy got there. So so I don't know what you're laughing at, Travis. I'm assuming that was it. I might be wrong. But then, of course, you know, this whole thing going down, I've seen uh, Betsy's husband, uh, Detective Dave Smith or J.D. Buck Savage, um, a.k.a. You know, I've seen him do the skits. and I saw him do one where he's talking about a problem with armed robberies. 
And the dude with the gun bumps into him while he's doing the TV cast, goes in, you can see him robbing the place, people raising their hands up in the background. The guy runs out and, and bumps into him, and he just starts shaking his head like, man, these people have no respect. They're bumping into the people and trying to do this thing. And, he's, and of course, he's in full uniform while he's talking. It's, it's the most, one of the most hilarious skits I've ever seen. Betsy, you're right. He would have a field day with this story. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and this is the thing. We've all done that, pulled into a convenience store to get a cup of coffee or whatever. And what were we all taught, you know, in the first month in the police academy, you know, pay attention to what's going on in there. Where, where's my clerk? Where are my customers? You know, all that. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, we're just super thankful that, uh, that this police officer is okay. You know, and, and, you know, retail theft right now is just off the charts. And uh, and something that that once again we're seeing we're this country retail uh, establishments are losing billions billions of dollars to retail theft in uh, convenience stores and uh, drug stores and grocery stores and and uh, and of course high end retail and uh, and it's a it's a real problem thanks to uh, the three and a half years of the vilification of the American law enforcement officer Absolutely. and uh, idiotic politicians who think that retail theft is not a problem. Well, I, I, I was looking at this and uh, I was going to say, actually, they're probably investigating the police officer for using excessive force on these people, because in California, isn't this illegal to go? I mean, you can you can steal up to like nine hundred and fifty dollars worth of merchandise and it's it's OK, I guess. But uh, I, I, the, the cop is extremely lucky. We've all been there. Like you said, Betsy, you walk in and a crime's going down. Uh, but. They're probably investigating this guy right now. Wow. Yeah, a victimless crime, they say, right? Until you go to the grocery store or you go to the bank or you go anywhere and you see all the prices rise, right? And so because these these retailers or you don't have a Walgreens in your neighborhood anymore to go get your uh, pharmaceuticals. So, yeah, it's not really there's no such thing as a victimless crime. And, and no, Chip, I am not mature enough to laugh at what the uh, motor cop uh, podcast was saying, uh, I just have never heard a commercial that said the word finger prick so many times in it. <laughs> and I turned into a 12 year old all of a sudden, I'm sorry. Wow. Well, you know, I'm going to actually buy you one of those devices and I'm, then I'm going to send you a text asking you to send me a photo of you wearing it. Could you handle that? Chip, I, this is why you always need a woman on this podcast because I'm going to bring it back here. Okay. Because, uh, thank you. Thank because you, thank as, my, as my husband always says, all men are 13 years old in their head. All right, guys, bring it back. Just That's why my wife loves you so much, Betsy, because you got to have Betsy on the show more, on the show more, Chip. You, know, <laughs> no one, you guys get just too carried away. So, yeah. Just for the record, on the heels of that police chief story, Chip just asked me to send him pics on the heels of a commercial that said finger prick 12 times. I'm not reading into that anymore. I'm not going to do a thing, but for the record, that was Chip asking that. All right. Thank, thanks for clearing that up. All right. So without any further ado, before I, someone else slams me, let's go. Yeah, Joe hasn't opened up his mic yet. So before he does, another uh, story with a video component at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, who's actually watching us on the stream and commenting right now. Body cam video shows an Anne Arundel County Police Department's deadly use of force incident. Get your hands behind your back! Stop resisting! 
Sir, give me the other hand now. Hey, sir, give me the other hand now. Give me the other hand now, sir. Sir, give me your hand. So the Maryland Attorney General's office released body camera footage from a from this guy's fatal encounter uh, with the uh, with the police department. So so listen to this story. The video begins as officers order two guys out of a vehicle to investigate calls about guns and drugs. And this is on October the 29th of, uh, of 2023. So we're talking very recently. So at one point, one guy identified as LeVon Coleman. He's only 21 years old because, you know, all bad guys are 18 to 21. He takes off running as one of the officers tries to handcuff him. So he was actually kneeling on the parking lot after the initial uh, after initially complying and backing away from the vehicle. So one of the cops goes up to handcuff him and it goes south. The guy gets up and he's able, and now they're now, now the game on, right? They're chasing him. So the video shows that during the brief chase, and it was brief, one officer identified as a Corporal Stallings, he orders Coleman to stops, or he's going to use his taser. Now, I suspect this might be one of the new tasers, the Taser 10, I believe. It's like twice, it goes twice the distance, which is 45 feet of other tasers, and it also has 10 shots, and you can put it underwater for like, you know, for like uh, three meters for like 30 minutes. It's crazy, right? So moments later, there's a good distance gap. Man, he nails this guy with a taser and the dude goes down. It's a face plant on the ground. I mean, blood and everything. Officers place Coleman in handcuffs. But during the arrest, Coleman can be heard apparently having difficulty breathing. It almost seems like he's unresponsive. And then all of a sudden when he comes to, it's like, you know, he's got this like gagging. Anyhow, blood can be seen on the ground where he falls and pro- probably do this blunt force trauma when the guy face plants after Coleman's place the handcuffs officers call for help from the fire department because we always have to have a firefighter component in this Travis and they get a medical kit from the vehicle and they ask a bystander to call 911 Coleman died on December the 15th which is one and a half months later after this incident goes down wow we got three minutes Travis you want to start us up? whoever wants to start us off I'm good but uh I, I know you I know you're you have a fondness for firefighters so you may want to go first well I mean this just shows you that we work in a business where these things happen, even though we do pretty much everything right. I mean, as soon as the guy started having troubles or rolling him over, they're calling for ambulances and it's going to be very easy to blame cops for this. But really, unfortunately, there was a way to avoid all this. You don't run, you don't fight, you don't, you don't argue with cops. Right. And they, and we didn't put the law enforcement in this type of this type of situation. So, uh, but I'm sure they'll be pointing fingers at law enforcement because we work in a business where this tends to happen at times. And fortunately we have video, right? And that video won't matter to some, but fortunately we have video that we did pretty much everything right, especially when he started having some issues and trying to get him help. Yeah. And here's the thing. Why is this guy running from the police? One of the reasons that, that people panic and run from the police is that again, For the last three and a half years, we have been telling people, especially in communities of color, that the cops want to murder you. The cops are going to do this to you. The cops are going to do that. So a lot of times we see people panic. Now, again, the National Police Association, go to nationalpolice.org, and we have a public service announcement called Comply Now, Complain Later. And that's exactly what we need to emphasize to people, especially young people, this is a 21 year old young man. And we don't know what was in his system, this and that. Um, but comply with the lawful orders of law enforcement. Then if you don't like what happened, then complain about it, fight it, go to court, comply now, 
complain later and you'll probably live to see another day. This is an unfortunate situation for everybody involved. Yeah. Betsy, you took the words right out of my mouth. Every time I'm on this show and we see one of these videos, I say the same thing, comply. And, but you're absolutely right. The news media has drilled it into everybody's head that the police were bad. We're going to kill you. We're going to shoot you. Um, so people do resist. But if we would teach in these communities that the police are not going to shoot you, if you just comply, things will be better. But uh, what happened with this guy, I think what happened, Chip, is when he got tasered, he face planted onto a curb and it hit his head. And obviously you got brain damage from that. Uh, but yeah, it was a disturbing video to watch, watch the guy gasping for air for so long. Uh, but just comply like, like we all think. Well, guys, uh, you know, we're not done with the show, but we've, we've actually some good commentary on, on the topics and, and breaking it down. Um, while uh, National Police Association really got a lot of, a lot of coverage on the day show. You guys are involved in so much. So thank you so much, Betsy. Um, Travis, um, if I'm not mistaken, people can get more information about you at TravisYates.org. Can you tell people a little bit more about what they're going to find when they go there? Yeah, we do uh, weekly podcast articles. Uh, all of our trainings are there, and we got a lot of things happening this year. So if they can just go there and plug their email in, stay up to date, and it will send them off to where they need to go, and we can certainly help them out. Perfect. Hey, and Betsy, open up that mic, you know, a little bit more about nationalpolice.org. So what we are doing is we have a policy arm. We have a legal arm. We get involved in cases involving uh, sometimes individual officers, sometimes organizations. But what we do is support the American law enforcement officer and the people who support us. We're not an association you join. We are a charity organization that you support. And we put out a lot of great information. Go to nationalpolice.org, sign up for our newsletter. Thanks, Betsy. Hey, also, Randy's not on the show today, but Lieutenant Randy Sutton retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department, founder of the Wounded Blue at the woundedblue.org. Uh, yeah, and Betsy's got uh, got the mug there. Hey, they've got Guitars for Cops still going. Great opportunity. Guitars, the number four, and cops.com. And finally, a shout out to our sponsors again, gallsafire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, mymedicare.live, Tampa, uh, the free press at tampafp.com, and redvoicemedia.com. Thanks for carrying the content. We'll see you guys back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern.